0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ayelet Baron about the future of work and the need for greater conscious leadership. at bear and welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you. Super excited to be here with you.
0: Yeah, I am excited for this conversation. It's a very important topic. We're going to be exploring the future of work and what that means for organizations and for leaders. And we're going to zoom in on specifically this idea of the conscious leader. Uh, I know that's some work that you do in that area. I think it's uh, super compelling and interesting and hopefully there will be some really great takeaways for listeners tuning in today. As we get started, I wanted to share Ayelet's bio with everybody. Ayelet Barron is an award-winning author, global futurist, and healer. She is the former Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at Cisco Canada, where she helped Canada become the number two revenue-generating country for Cisco. Ayelet was on the executive leadership team for IT, emerging markets, and global sales strategy. She has been named by Forbes as one of the top 50 global female futurists and ranks as one of the top 50 global thought leaders by Thinkers 360 in Future of Work, organizational change management, culture, sustainability, and business to business. Her award-winning leadership book, Our Journey to Corporate Sanity, outlines seven signposts for creating healthy organizations. Her latest trilogy, F, the bucket list, guides us to explore the illusions of a dying world and asks us to step into another potential, one rooted in the heart of courage and emerging self-awareness. As a futurist for humanity, she now offers guidance to conscious leaders who are ready to trek into the unknown through their writing, talks, guided sessions, and custom. Uh, custom project work. Uh, again, what an amazing, tremendous background! I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Before we launch in, any other uh, particular uh, information you'd like to share with listeners by way of your personal background or context?
1: Yeah, I think I think the big thing for me is I've always been kind of a rebel, even though I was in the corporate jungle for a long time. And um, I'm super excited to be here to talk about what we need in the world in terms of leadership, which is rather lacking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think oftentimes, you know, we have organizations that are complex. We have leaders with good intentions, but good intentions um, aren't enough. Uh, We need leaders who are systems thinkers, who can deal with the complexities of the world around them, the pressures, and and leaders deal with a lot of pressures um, from internal and external sources, that they can deal with those and then actually move forward in a, in a positive way to develop and support their people to drive success and the innovation creation, creation of value to the market, right? That's ultimately what we're trying to do. And yet within the current context that we're in, there's lots of social and political unrest and strife. We have, um, lots of challenges related to, uh, environmental sustainability. I mean, the list could go on and on with all the challenges that we're facing. So we need more than ever, we need dynamic leaders, not just dynamic in the sense that they're kind of like the, the stereotypical charismatic leader, but dynamic leaders that get the importance of meeting the needs of their people, their constituents, their, the community, uh, and that they lead in a sustainable way. Uh, that may sound obvious, but it's, not particularly easy to do, even though it's not rocket science. So we'll, we'll talk through some of that and hopefully give, uh, give you all some, some ideas that you can uh, implement in how you run your organizations. So as we dive on into the conversation, I thought we could uh, first uh, talk a little bit about where you see us heading as, as the human race, right, as a people and within these messy organizations, where do you see us, where do you see us heading?
1: So that's a that's a really important question because what I see is that we're on a timeline split right now. And what I mean by that is that there's the majority of humanity that wants to get back to normal, that wants to find ways to just um, carry on as though the last couple of years were just kind of a, a bad dream or a nightmare. Um, and are really not looking for change. They're still looking at how do we make the world better? How do we save the world? Um, In a lot of the programming that we've had in the past. And then there's about um, two to 5% of the 8 billion people on the planet that are saying enough and are looking at how can we build healthy organizations? They're looking at regenerative agriculture, fashion, amazing things happening in education. Um, Every sector, there's these two to 5% of pioneers saying, okay, we got here, um, that's okay, but this is not the world I want to leave. And there are amazing stories of people doing amazing things that we never hear in the mainstream because there's so much fear in the world right now. Um, And we haven't even touched the surface um, when it comes to collaboration and teamwork and leadership. And so it's a huge opportunity right now. I think I think this is an amazing time in history, and I'm excited um, because I've decided to be on the timeline of helping to create a healthy world rather than looking um, at the world today. And I like to use the analogy of let's say we're all living in a house, and you know, we're looking at the house, and we brought in an inspector, and the inspector finds like all these creatures in the basement and and you know, asbestos and things rotting. And so we can decide to ignore um, those, those real life um, um, challenges and say, okay, we're gonna build a second story and a third story and maybe even 28 stories because we wanna save, save the house, we wanna make the house better. And then there are people that are saying, you know what, the house needs to die. <laughs> And it's time to jump on this other train that's um, really about trekking into the unknown because there's no formulas there, there's no frameworks. It's about experimentation, it's about self-awareness, it's about compassion, and it's about leaders knowing that leadership is not outside ourselves. It's about people walking the talk, not just having the brand messages and the cool things. Um, You know, in the old world, I would probably, and the one that exists today, I call it the old world. Just so everybody's clear, you know, I would rebrand most of the communication departments into one-way communication departments because even with all the E2.0 um, tools that we had in community, you know, they're not based on real dialogue and connection and getting work done. Right? I mean, we had a massive pandemic, and then everybody jumps on Zoom, not looking at do we really need meetings? How do we work? How do we collaborate? How do we work against? Or one of the most important things how do we change the metrics of organizations because the metrics um, are still driving this behavior that is very decisive, divisive and not holistic like i loved what you said in the beginning about we really need to look at systems thinking and look at how organic things happen and i can't tell you having lived in corporate for much of uh, my career um I, you know, the amount of meetings that we went to and, you know, if somebody asked me to be on another, you know, special team, cross-functional team to work cross-functionally, I thought I was going to pull my hair out because we didn't look at the root cause of what's happening and why we're not connecting and why we're not working together. And, you know, many leaders just wanted an organizational change plan to tick the box, but they weren't willing to change themselves. And so on this different timeline that's emerging, that's very new and organic, um, there are leaders that are looking at a whole different world, a healthy world, where we build systems for the vast majority of humanity, not the few. Because most of the models we have today um, in every, even, even in, our, in our personal life in families and families and in every system we have, have, built, have been built on a win-lose scenario. So for someone to win, someone was, must lose, right? If you're, if you're a leader in an organization, how many promotions are you gonna give? How many raises are you gonna give? Who's gonna get the stock if you're in a publicly trade company? And so everything is about win lose. And we talk about like teamwork and collaboration, but we have this unnatural uh, competition that is driving um, a lot of fear and a lot of insanity. I mean, for me, one of the most insane things is in 2019, the WHO deemed burnout as a mental health issue, but not greed and not productivity and not efficiency. And so this is a huge opportunity for people to step into their power. And that's what my work is about now.
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, uh, quite inspiring. And I, I love the, the, the paradigm that you're approaching this from. I agree. I think we, we need leaders to embrace where we're moving, um, not necessarily where we're at right now. We, of course, have to understand the context we're in if we hope to be effective in moving into the future. But we, we need to think, we need to be clear-eyed about the challenges that we're facing and just small tweaks to current systems isn't going to cut it uh, to get us to where we need to be. And, and so we need to be bold in our leadership as we try to move into a more healthy future for, for us, our families, our, our organizations, our communities, the, the environment, the world, right? Um, so one of the things you talk a lot about is the conscious leader. And you, you I think you were referring to elements of that in, in what you were just sharing. But what exactly is, what does that mean to you? What is the conscious leader? Why is that vital uh, today?
1: It's absolutely vital, because um, I I personally don't believe in work-life balance. I think it's been a big myth. I think, like, we're one human being, and in that journey that we have, there's, we work and we live, and I coined um, something with uh, Professor Jamie Anderson. We got a, a an article published about life working um, about 10 years ago in the London Business School Review. And I believe, like, there were one person. And so, to me, a conscious leader is somebody who looks at their life holistically and doesn't separate who they are from um, in the work setting versus the life setting and can bring that humanity into work. Um, you know, I, I remember being on many leadership teams and, and meeting people who are awful communicators as leaders. And um, you know their executive communications people would run around and give them the notes or even build their strategy at some points, which I found really insane. Um, but that's when you're inside the organization, you see what actually really happens. And it was very unconscious because they would come in and they would not necessarily uh, walk the talk. And I created um, assessments where we can see the gap between what people were saying and what they were doing. And we could say, you know, look at the level of effectiveness that you have.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo.
1: conscious leader is the leader that's emerging that's the pioneering leader right now and I go way um, into depth into it and in my book our journey to corporate sanity and have amazing stories of 30 conscious leaders and what I love about it is I don't talk about the companies I talk about them as leaders in our world and what they're doing and they're people you've heard of they're people you haven't heard of but they're amazing people because they walk their talk They understand why they're in business, what the organization does. Um, You know, to me in the future, we won't have departments like corporate social responsibility or um, inclusion and diversity or communication, because if you're a leader, you know how to communicate and you may get support from a function that does it, but not does it on your behalf. Um, you should know what your messaging are, uh, your messages are when you're when you're launching a new program or a change initiative or innovation, and having all this dependency on it. And I understand some are policy related, but what I was really excited about when I worked in Cisco Canada, which was my last job at at Cisco, was we actually integrated corporate social responsibility into our sales strategy and how we worked and and got really aligned at it. And before that. I worked on the emerging market leadership team uh, covering Africa, Latin America, Central Eastern Europe, Russia, and we had um, a board with with Asia. And and I really learned about what corporate social responsibility needs to be and how to do it from a business perspective and have a ton of examples of, of things we implemented with our technology that helped drive sales. And so it became part of the heart of the organization And that's what conscious leaders do. They understand the heartbeat of the organization. They get people aligned and they also play and have fun and experiment. Um, I think um, we've been in very trapped and seduced by best practices. And I never understand why you can take somebody else's best practices and apply it to your organization. It doesn't make sense to me because it's not the culture. It's not the culture of the leader. And I think if if you're conscious and you understand what's healthy and toxic in your organization and you have the courage and the compassion to step out and listen, you know, have conversations and dialogue, not just run from meeting to meeting and be burnt out because what are we doing at the end of the day? I mean, I would love to see, um, especially part of the challenges is when you have a small company and you wanna grow into a mid-sized company, um, it's hard because all of a sudden you have a lot more people to manage and a lot more complexity. And so you, get, you fall into the trap of you know, wanting to go public and wanting to do this. But imagine if we had conscious companies in the world that said, you know what? I provide X service in the markets and all I want is X amount of employees. And all I want is um, to have this much in revenue and not have like that perpetual unnatural growth because I'm pursuing this shareholder value and burning my people out while offering yoga and meditation. So consciously- Yeah,
0: can I I just jump in on that point? Cause I think that's a really big one. We, I, I feel like as a global community, we're largely trapped into this myth that bigger is always better, right? That growth, we just always need um, growth, growth of GDP, growth of development of the organization, growth in size, number of employees, revenues. Uh, There are costs associated with perpetual growth. There are negative externalities. Anyone who's taken an econ 101 class, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, There are always negative consequences and it, it's simply, as a world global system, it's not sustainable for everyone, everywhere to constantly be uh, growing. Um, GDP is a horrible indicator that we use uh, almost exclusively to measure the overall um, health of a country. Uh, that needs to change. Stock price and and revenues and number of employees is a horrible, met- they're horrible metrics to solely focus on when talking about the health uh, of a company. There's so much more that goes into that. And so being a conscious leader, being a conscious company, like you're talking about, like recognizing what is important, what value do we bring? Now, if if growing will help us bring more value to more people, great. Okay, let's talk about how to do it sustainably. Um, But just growth for growth's sake doesn't serve anybody. uh, And it actually ends up exploiting resources people uh, in causing a lot of harm.
1: I, I love that because I think the biggest shift we need today is not like more growth and more productivity, and more efficiency. I think for conscious leaders, it's about um, making the leap from being a problem solver to an opportunity creator. So when you see a problem in your business, you say, okay, what's the opportunity in here? like gdp doesn't serve us anymore what's the opportunity what do we need to create and i take tasks with like the the you know the sdg goals from the un because they look at solving humanity's biggest problems or addressing humanity's biggest problems and so how many decades and how many trillions of dollars have we thrown at at uh, poverty and not access to to clean water and human trafficking, which is a huge business and all these things. And so we need people to, to wake up and step into our power and say, okay, it's time to shift. It's time to say this, this growth is not natural. And for me, um, this is day 15 of being uh, location independent. I just left um, because I just birthed my triplets of, of the F the bucket list trilogy. And um, I knew that if I didn't move on, they would become a work of fiction and I need to live them. So, you know, I'm continuing on with that, but spending five years living in the rainforest um, near the Pacific ocean, I really saw the division and separation that we have from nature. And, and this growth that we have is, is unnatural because you're not gonna start a garden and put seeds in it and look at your seeds and say, grow you know, some of the seeds are going to take off and you're going to have delicious tomatoes. And some of them are, are, you know, some other pest in your garden will eat them um, before you get them. The birds are always there too. And so, you know, getting more aligned with nature and natural growth, I think is what's important and an opportunity for conscious leaders to really think about it in different ways. Because I think like, I mean, what I've witnessed in in my journey in in incorporation is that we don't really innovate. What we do is we swallow smaller companies. And so, and we call it innovation. And then we like look at, oh my God, you know we had these m as with X, you know we, uh, you know the company I was with used to be the leaders in it. And, and then I would sit back and scratch my head and saying yeah, but we killed how many? And you know, what did we get it for? You know, one of my saddest moments was um, when I was in the office right after um, they shut down the flip cameras, I don't know if you remember them. Um, they came out right before uh, phone integration with cameras and, and we had bought them and, it was, and, and the culture there was just amazing and to be in that office when it was shut down was just heartbreaking. And so to be a conscious leader is to really understand not just the bottom line, but the impact on people and communities. I mean, think about it, when we were in Cisco Canada, We became the number two um, largest revenue generating country um, for the company, we couldn't be number one because that's the US with 46% market share, but we became number two, a small little country like Canada. And we did it because we got aligned in the communities and we used different strategies. Um, And for me, it was, um, and I fired myself in corporate America because I was so burnt out after that. Um, and, and working globally as well, and what I really want to see is less burnout and more people staying in companies because they're more aligned with what people want to do, and it's not a matter of age too. What we're seeing today is people of all ages want to have more meaning and purpose, and so we need this conscious leaders because when you lead with passion, when you get up, and it's not just a job, the opportunity is immense, and and that's what's possible.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I I think uh, everything you're saying uh, is is food for thought for everyone listening. That we need to carefully consider our current practices uh, that we're directly involved in, but also of our organization. And it's hard because on the one hand, I want us to be revolutionary to drive. The systemic change that needs to happen. On the other hand, the practical side of me recognizes the complexities of people's lives and, and, uh, you know, not everyone is in a privileged position to be able to, to, uh, you know, take on that kind of a revolutionary role. But if, if anyone listening, if you find yourself capable of, of playing that kind of a role to make meaningful impactful long-term sustainable change within your organization, within your industry, within your community. Uh, we need more people willing to step up to the plate and to try to tackle those types of issues. Um, you know, we we have these conversations that's helpful. Hopefully more people become aware and awake to the challenges that we're facing, the real true scope and scale of the challenges we're facing. Uh, but we just we need more people willing to to really work towards achieving the type of world you know that I want to to leave to my children. Well, Ayleeta, Ayolette, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. This has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, before we close today, I did want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Sure. Well, it's been it's been incredible to be here with you, and thank you for the invitation. I think this is like I love technology because when it's used in a valuable way, we can connect. And it feels like I've known you for a lot longer than I have. So I really appreciate it. And I really hope people reach out to people um, because that's what's an opportunity. I mean, we talk about a lot of isolation right now because of the physical uh, challenges we have. But if you're a conscious leader, you know that you're an opportunity creator and you could jump into that. And I've written this trilogy of books now for the individual and not for businesses because I am seeing like a lot of young people resonate with the books and a lot of older people resonate with the books and I the books are not about me or anything like that. It's about helping people make the transitions. And so if you're interested, they're not for everyone. Um, I'll, be, I'll be honest with it. Uh, but if you are interested, I would say take a peek at, at, at the books. Um, there are chapters available, or you can go to my website, which is Um, I know everybody knows how to spell my first name. So here, I'll give you some help. It's uh, A-Y-E-L-E-T b-a-r-o-n.com and if you sign up for my mailing list you'll get a chapter of the book um, as part of the first book which actually i'm very i'm very excited about and i see the shift because it just won a best independent book award um for 2020. so i think like we're ready for this conversation it's not in the mainstream but i would love to connect And, and i'm all over social media and I'm working right now that I'm not writing a book. I'm working on create it, creating a, a new social platform for the creators in the world called heartpickings.com. And the splash page for that will be available um, at the end of the month.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your passion, your insights with with me and with all of my listeners. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with Ayolette, find out more about what she can do to help you and your organizations. And as you're grappling with these types of issues that we've been discussing. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.